I was supposed to go up here and welcome you all, and as you can probably tell, I'm too close to the mic. Um, Pastor Chris is not with us this morning. I don't know if he's watching, but um, let's just all be in prayer for him. He's been on vacation this week, uh, so we all hope that that was a good week of rest and restoration for him, um, and we're excited to see him back here on Wednesday night, but it is my pleasure and our pleasure here at K. Russo to welcome um, Pastor Steve Renfro to bring us the word this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll dive into the word. All right? Father God, I thank you for blessing us with just the privilege of being here this morning and that we get to wake up and experience another beautiful day that you have made. I thank you that we get to gather here as brothers and sisters and family in Christ, and we get to worship you. You are God alone, the only God that is worthy of our praise, the only God that there is. And Father, I I pray that there will not be a, a soul that leaves this room today without knowing you and worshiping you. I pray that you will speak through your word to us today. I pray that you will speak through Pastor Renfro, and I just pray that you will help us to leave here today with changed hearts and changed minds, focused on you, praising you, and living our lives for you as much as possible. Be with us, Father. Be with Pastor Steve. Speak through him as always. We pray these things in your name and believe. Amen. Amen. We appreciate it. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, let me ask that you turn to Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, and we're going to look at the first two verses there in Romans 12. I understand that your tradition is to have a verse that starts you out in terms of confession, getting you ready for the message, and so if you are able, would you stand with me as we share this verse together, these two verses. Romans 12. Paul is writing to Christians in Rome. And as you see this passage here, he says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. As you look at that verse there, uh, if we stay there just for a moment, notice Paul, uh, Paul's appeal is on the mercies of God. He's writing to people who have already discovered a God who loves them, a God who has forgiven them of sins. And based on that uh, appeal, he's saying, live your life in such a way that your bodies glorify God. I'm at that stage in my life that uh, being 68, I'm discovering that the body wears out a little bit. Uh, I have to watch coming up steps going down. I had both knees replaced in the past year. In the past two months, I had one of those things that some of you have had the experience where you had a cataract removed. Well, they did that. They put in a lens. And so far, I'm the first one it doesn't work. And so uh, they don't know what to do. 
And so, so I don't know whether to have glasses on or off because I can't, you know, I can somewhat, I can see you, but when I put my glasses on, I got double lenses. So you're blurred out there to me. What really becomes interesting is at nighttime, when your cars are coming toward me, I get this little white light with three strands of Christmas lights, white Christmas lights around. It is weird. So I get Christmas every day. And uh, I don't know what God's got in play and why that's the case. He's given me that privilege to see something that others don't see. So they're trying to figure me out what to do next because they got to say, you got two eyes. What are we going to do with the other one? We don't know yet. So that'd be an area for prayer. But I'm saying that to say, I love coming here because we have, you know, just a, I appreciate the age groups that's here. You know, a lot of churches I'm in, it's people my age, and I love preaching to people my age, but I'm excited because here, you know, your team that's up here is young, and we trust they'll have, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years to live, but you're going to make a lot of choices in that lifetime. And I really appreciate this verse because it says, use your body. You know, we live in a day and time in which, guess what? There's a lot of immorality and there's a lot of violence, and the body can be abused and misused. So as you look at that 12th verse, I mean, uh, chapter 12, based on God's mercy, use your bodies to glorify Him. The next verse there is it talks about, in verse 2, be not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What you think makes a difference that you may prove, those of you that are my age, back in the day when we'd go buy cars, they had this weird thing that they do. You would go kick tires. You would test it out. I don't know what kicking tires had to do with buying cars, but those things they talked about. If you're going to buy something, you want to test it out. God says, test it out and discover what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Guess what? Choose to live your life to do that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Use your body for His glory. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're going to do today. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be with your people. And Father, if there's a man or woman, teenager, young adult, median-age adult, child that doesn't know Jesus, I pray that through the words that are shared this morning, that a person will say, today... I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and live for Him for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe seated. So if you see me put glasses on and off, it's not that I forgot whether I had them or not. I just don't know what to do, you know, like, uh, so we are going to go to a passage in Romans, back up if you were in 12, back up to chapter 8. And uh, we'll have here verses 28 and 29, Romans 8, uh, 28 and 29. Uh, As you're turning there, um, let me ask you this question. Who do you look like? Do you look like mom or do you look like dad? In my case, mom was never five foot tall. I'm six foot. I look more like dad. Dad was six. Um, Mom was very small. Mom never weighed 100 pounds. I'm a little bit more than that. Uh, my dad was over 200 pounds. So in some ways, I look like mom. Some ways, I look like dad. If you were to ask me uh, which one I look like the most, I would say I look like my dad the most. Wonder about you, what your situation is. 
If you want a sermon title, some people uh, say, what's the title of the message? Here's the title of the message. Look like Christ. And so in this passage here, notice how Paul, as he's writing in verses 28 and 29, he says this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, God has a purpose for our life. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the, what's it say there? To the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. So if you want a point, here's the, so to speak, first point that I'd want you to see. May you have a clear purpose. May you have a clear purpose to be conformed to the image of his son. May your purpose in life live with a clear purpose to be conformed to the image of Christ. In the Latin, the Latin of that word image is to imitate where we get the eye, where we use that word imitate. To imitate is to look like something or to make a copy. There is only one Christ. He lived over 2,000 years ago, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, was raised from the dead, lives with the Father today, intercedes, prays for us. But he's looking for people that will be followers of him and will live in such a way that they look like him. And if they look like him, they look like his Father, God. So as we look at our life today, are we living with a clear purpose to look like Christ? If somebody comes to your church and ask you, why should I come to Caruso? Uh, you might say, we got a great preacher, preaches the word of God. And I appreciate that about Pastor Chris. He preaches the truth. You've got tremendous music. You have people that love the Lord. You've got great facilities. We could talk about pastor. We could talk about personalities. We could talk about building. And if a person says, well, what's going to happen if I'm at Caruso for four years, sometimes people's job change, college students, they come in, they were here for four or five years and then move on. Sometimes your jobs do that. If you're here for more than four or five years, what will I look like after being part of the ministry for X number of years? What I wish you would say, what I would recommend you say is that the end result of you being at Caruso, hearing the message, hearing the music, being a part of our fellowship and our ministries, you're going to look like Christ. Does that make sense? Have a clear purpose. What I find is that my wife was wonderful. She's not with us today because she was BBS director at one of our sister churches. And um, so they're kind of wrapping things up today. So she's there. When my wife comes up with a purpose, all of her focus and energy goes through it. She's the detail person. I'm the visionary. I come up with an idea. She's the one that comes up with the details. She's the how-to person, and she likes long-range planning. And so she really goes at it. So as you look at this passage, what I'm praying for is that if you did not come in this morning with the clear purpose in your life to look like Christ, I hope that when you leave, you say, Steve, it made sense to me. I'm leaving today. I want to not only receive the forgiveness of sin that Christ offers, but I want to follow Christ and look like him. 
We live in a world where there's a lot of violence, a lot of anger, a lot of hostility. That's not Christ-like. And we need more and more people that look like Christ. As we go back to that example here in terms of imitate or image, there are people who do not have a clear image of Christ. They have no image of Christ. I'm working with people that they're just now becoming Christians because they're coming from other countries. They, have, they do not have family members that are Christians. They're the first ones that are becoming Christians. You know, they've trusted Christ. They're now trying to lead their family members to become Christians. So that's not their background. They'll tell me that we have people that have no idea who Christ is. Some people have no image of Christ. Some have a distorted image of Christ. Part of the challenge I have with my new right eye is when I look out and I see the light and I see the rings, some would refer to it as halo, I call it Christmas lights going around. I know that's not real. That's weird. It's not real. But I know it's not real because I had experienced reality before. There are people that hear things about Christ that are not true. In fact, there's a Bible edition that's out, put out by another foreign country, and it says things about the character of Christ and the conduct of Christ. That's a lie. It's twisted the truth. And we have people today in our world that they're not following Christ because they've seen a distorted image of who he is. There's the need to see a sharp, accurate image of who Jesus Christ is. And so he's calling us to follow him. So the first purpose, have a clear purpose. First point, let me take you to the next verse. And as we turn to this next verse, uh, we'll give you point number two. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, I mentioned to you my wife is one of these that detail I'm not the detail person, she is. And so as you turn to Colossians 3.10, I'll turn there while we're getting it ready for you on the screen. Colossians 3.10, again, Paul is writing. And as he writes, this is what he says. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Put on the new man. So the second point that I want you to see this morning is live with a comprehensive process to put on the new man and be renewed in the knowledge of Christ. Live with a comprehensive process. My wife loves to bake. She is a great baker. Uh, so she'll make cookies. She'll decorate these cookies. She'll go on the internet. If she doesn't know how to do something, my kids tell me, said, Dad, if you don't know how to do it, go on the internet and you can learn how to do anything and everything. So she'll go on, spend hours learning how to decorate a cookie. And then she'll go on Amazon and order the, the stuff that we need. And um, our Amazon people know us first names because almost every day, honey, what'd you order today? Amazon's coming. Amazon's coming. So here we get these supplies and then she decorates these cookies and they are absolutely wonderful, detailed. She has a process. If we are going to look like Christ, Paul tells us there is a way to do that, have a, a process. And so it's comprehensive. It talks about putting on the new man. Notice how it says here. Look again at that verse. And put on the new man. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says those that are Christians put on the new man or are a new creature. 
And so this idea here is of putting on clothes. I have grandchildren, my youngest, one, three, six, and eight. Depending on their age, clothes means absolutely nothing to them. Uh, when I say to my little one-year-old, um, go get shoes, she's at the age now, she understands shoes. She can identify the different articles of clothes that before she couldn't. My three-year-old granddaughter, uh, if I ask her to pick out her outfit, oh, she's got her color. She's got her outfit that she likes. My grandsons that are six and eight, they don't really care. You know, the thing they care about, is it too hot or too cold? That's the thing that gets their attention. There's a time coming when they will care what they wear. They will probably get into the certain designer, you know, part of parenting is helping children to understand what to wear and when to wear it and why to wear it. Discipleship. We can help people come to know Jesus Christ as Savior, receive forgiveness of sin, but they get dropped there. They're not told what to do next. They're not told how to put on the new man, how to live and look like Christ. So Paul says here, learn to put on some things. And that takes knowledge. So you and I need knowledge. Paul said in Romans 12, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let me share with you four, what I call four C's, so that you can look like Christ, you can present an image of Christ that is sharp and accurate. So I'm gonna give you these four C's, and the reason I use the four C's is because each word begins with C, but also in my computer at home, my copier, I have this copier at home, just went to Staples and needed to get more ink, and it takes four cartridges. Black, blue, yellow. What's the other one? You guys are right. You might have the same copier I got. So four C's. Here's the four C's that I want to suggest to you. Look like Christ. You know, I ask you, you know, who do you look like, mom or dad, or which one the most? And you probably, when you thought about that, you probably thought of looking like mom and dad based on physical appearance. Well, you can look like mom or dad based on physical appearance, but you can also look like mom and dad based on actions. I had somebody say to me, my, when I, Vincent, when I was younger uh, and my son was about your age, he got up and preached and uh, afterwards the congregation said, I think we're going to hire him. Uh, he's younger, he's, you know, uh, and uh, somebody commented and says, boy, he walks like you. I didn't realize my son walked like me. You know, it's amazing how we can kind of look like each other, have mannerisms like each other. I'll ask people sometimes when I get to know them, I said, where did you get that outgoing personality? Or why are you shy? Is that mom or is that dad? So we, we can look like somebody, not just physically, but in other ways. So let me give you these four C's. Look like Christ in character. Think about the character of Christ. Look like Christ when it comes to cause. What is it that was the cause of Christ? Look like Christ when it comes to conduct. How do you live your life? Look like Christ, the fourth C, is look like Christ in your conversation. So if, if you want to be like Christ, Project that image of Christ. Those are four C's that if you think about character, 
cause, conduct, and conversation. As you grow in knowledge of those four areas, that can help you develop in a way that you look like Christ. Think for a moment. What is it about the character of Christ that attracts you to him? Paul, as we started this morning, he talked about the mercy based on the mercy of God. The thing that attracts me to Christ is that he's loving, that he is willing to forgive me of my sins. When I think about his cause, I'm amazed that he would live his life and die so that I could be forgiven of my sins. Going back to the character of Christ, we have a need today for justice. People are crying out for justice. People are literally screaming for justice. We want justice. We want justice. There is no one more just than Jesus Christ. He has knowledge that no one else has. He has love that no one else has. So when you combine that knowledge with that love, his justice is perfect. And so if we're saying justice be done, righteousness be done, it's Christ that's needed. His cause. People are saying, oh, we have done certain things wrong in our society over the decades, over the centuries, and we need to correct things. Who needs to be in charge to make those corrections? Somebody that for 2,000 years has been working to make those corrections in our world. It's Jesus Christ. He gave his life so that this world could be correct, so that we could live in a way that there could be peace, so that we could live in a way in which God would be honored. But he understood that we are sinners. We make choices. We choose to misuse our body, to abuse our body, to abuse one another, to hurt one another. He understands what's going on. The conduct of Christ. Why would a person die for an enemy? I'd be willing to die for my sons, my family. I'd have to think about my friends, you know. Uh, dying for friends, yeah. Uh, for an enemy? I'm not sure what enemy I've got that I'd want to die for. But Jesus died for his enemies. That was his conduct, this conversation. He told his disciples, I'm going to die. So let me give you another verse. So as we look at this passage here, live with a comprehensive process so that you can look like Christ. And again, that comprehensive process is put on Jesus Christ. Put on his character, put on his cause, put on his conduct, put on his conversation. Um, as I'm trying to get used to uh, seeing, sometimes I'm doing this, sometimes I'm doing this, you know, I'm getting close. Uh, my wife, when we go to an event, she uh, wants to get close. Uh, my wife likes music. And so she remembers these music groups from years ago. And uh, those people are getting older. And uh, so I said, honey, we've got to go now. Uh, and so in the next month, we're going to go see Chicago and the Beach Boys. We've never seen either one of them. 
uh, I hear the music quite frequently. She really enjoys those groups. And I said, honey, if we don't go now, they're all going to be dead. And uh, so they're at 80 years of age down to like 68, 69, depending on which one. And, you know, so we're going to go and get to see maybe one or two of them in the original group. So we're excited about going. And so when we're getting the tickets, I'm saying, honey, pick out where you want to sit. And guess what? She wants to be close. And uh, when, when we go to the Cincinnati Reds game, she doesn't want the bleacher seats. Uh, I'm good with that because it's cheap. Uh, but, uh, you know, my wife wants to be able to see it. So here's the point I'm trying to make. If you really want to see Christ in his character, his cause, his conduct, conversation, uh, as we go to this next verse in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 2, Paul makes the statement about priority in his life. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. He says, for I've determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ. And he goes on and finishes that. How does he finish it? And what? And him crucified. If you want to get the best image of who Jesus is when it comes to his character, his cause, conduct, conversation... Look at the crucifixion. I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this idea that somebody would willingly withstand betrayal, beating, ridicule, rejection, suffering, suffocation, crucifixion. What character does a person need to have in order to go through that? What a person. He did that. And then when we think about why, what cause would drive a person to give his life? See, Jesus could have stopped this. I mean, he had the power to say, you're not going to nail me to the cross. There were times they were coming after him, and he said, it's not my time yet. When he was with the Father, and he said to the Father, not my will be done, but yours. Glorify yourself. Father, may you be known. I've glorified you as I've lived my life. And he would glorify the Father as he would die on the cross. The cause. What cause would result in him dying? He understood in a way no one else understands what it means to be separated from the Father. He had a relationship with the Father no one else has ever had or will ever have. I was blessed to have a dad that raised me great relationship. On occasion, dad and I would have, what's the word? Disagreements. Uh, We wouldn't see eye to eye on occasion. But he loved me and he was always there. And I loved him. Jesus 
knows of the Father and of the Father's will to have a relationship with you, but he knows how our behavior, our rebellious, sinful behavior called sin, separates us from God, his purpose, his will. He knows how sin damages our health, our relationship, brings about division, ultimately leads to death. And unless we receive Christ as our Savior, we spend eternity in a place separated from God. We call that place hell. See, God in his love is not going to force you to spend eternity in a place that during your lifetime you didn't want to be with God. He's not going to have you spend eternity with him if you don't want to do it in your lifetime. And so Jesus, understanding the value of rescue, would give his life. There are people as we speak right now are putting their life at risk for people they do not know in order to find survivors, as you are probably aware of the building that collapsed in Florida. They are looking for survivors. They are praying there are survivors. But those that are searching could be injured and could be killed in the process. Jesus not only would give himself to a cause, but he conducted his life with the full knowledge he would die. He knew this. I have friends and family members that have gone into the military and served our country. They knew that when they went, they may not come back home. Some did. Some did not. Jesus enlisted willingly, knowing he was going to die. So he conducted himself in such a way, he said, God, I trust you. I'm going to obey you. I have faith in your plan. And he gave his life. Conversation-wise, he told people, he said, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be killed. That's part of his conversation. When we looked at the conduct of Jesus when he was on the cross, there were people near him. And he made this statement, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus would live his life. He would preach. He would teach. He would heal people. Setting them free from the bondage of sin. Giving people the ability to see the truth their need for Jesus. When I want to know about being like Christ, I go to the cross and look at the man, God, man, Jesus Christ, and reflect on what did it take in character and cause and conduct and conversation to do that. He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I give my life a ransom. There is a great need in our world today for young people, for adults of all ages to say, I'm going to follow Christ. I want to be an imitation of Christ. I want to be a copy. I want to be a copy that's sharp and accurate. I don't want to be a cheap copy. 
I want to look like Christ because people need to hear Christ. They need the ministry of Christ. They need his healing. They need his forgiveness. They need the salvation that comes through him. Jesus, when he was ministering to a few people that had physical needs, he would heal them, but he would also say on occasion, I forgive you. Religious leaders said, wait a minute, you can't do that. Only God can do that. That's wrong. But guess what? He is God. He could do it. So the good news for us today is that Jesus can say to us, I forgive you of your sins. Go and live for me. Use your body for me, for his glory. Today, will you not only be one who receives forgiveness of sin through trusting Christ as your Savior, but will you be one that says, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to look like Christ. And when people call me Christian, I'm going to say, praise God, I'm glad you see it. What is it about me? Is it my character? Is it my cause? Is it my conduct? Is it my conversation? How do you see Christ in me? My older grandchildren that are six and eight, the eight-year-old, sometimes mom will say, help your sister get dressed. Help her to put the shoes on, clothes on. And he does. Those of you that come from a larger family, you understand as you get older, you get to help. I'm an only child, so I'm spoiled. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I didn't have anybody else to help out, you know. Folks, there are people out there that are not Christians yet. They need to see Jesus. There are people out there that are Christians, but nobody taught them how to get dressed. Will you show them? Will you help them? Let me ask that you stand with me as we pray together. Heavenly Father, today as we've gathered together, we've wanted to see Jesus. And I pray, Father, that as we've seen Jesus, we want to be like him. And we know that we can't do that by ourselves. But we can do that when we say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. By your Holy Spirit, make me a new creature. Come live within my life. Manifest your very character within my life. Create within me a desire to have a cause for you. To conduct my life in a way that honors you and brings you glory. And to talk about you. To have conversations about Christ and about God that brings people to you. Father, thank you for the forgiveness of sin that is available through Jesus. Thank you that you had the plan and he carried it out. And today we can experience the pardon and the purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As our team comes to lead us.